0: Welcome to the Men's Leadership Network podcast, where each month we're exploring what it means to be godly leaders in our homes, workplaces, and communities. Before we get into today's content, I wanna ask you to mark your calendars for our second Versus Men's Conference coming up on May 5th. Due to the overwhelming feedback and support we received from our first Versus Conference in September, we've moved this year's event to the Williamson County Expo Center in Franklin, Tennessee, where we look forward to hosting thousands of men from throughout Middle Tennessee and the surrounding areas. And it's not just the venue that's gotten bigger. we got big-name speakers and musical talent joining us this year as well. This year, we're excited to announce that Tim Tebow will be joining us as our keynote speaker. The motto of Versus is, don't go alone. And from his time in the locker room, winning two BCS National Championships and the Heisman Trophy, to his time off the field as a college and pro football analyst, best-selling author, and philanthropist, Tim knows all about the benefits of being part of a team and having trusted men around him to lock arms with. Trust us, you don't want to miss this year's conference. Tickets go on sale February 9th at versusconference.com. Now for today's podcast episode. As fathers, we're called to be the primary disciples of our children. Deuteronomy 6 7 tells us to impress the commandments of God on our children. Talk about them when we sit at home and we walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. We should aim to fulfill this calling to model Christian living for our children in all situations and stages of life. This might seem like a daunting goal but we can tackle it with a good plan. So today the mic is changing hands and Rolling Hills Senior Pastor Jeff Simmons will be fielding questions from me. Jeff and his wife Lisa are parents of three teenage girls. With all the responsibilities that come with being a pastor, Jeff knows how important it is to be intentional in how we spend our time with our children. You'll learn what it looks like to invest in what matters most, which is fulfilling God's purpose in our lives and in our families. And now here's Pastor Jeff. Hey, everybody, thank you so
1: much for joining in today for Men's Leadership Network podcast. I'm really excited about today, and I hope and pray these podcasts continue to encourage you and challenge you. Uh, We know when you impact a man for Christ, you're impacting his marriage, you're impacting his children, you're impacting the community, and you're impacting generations. And so, guys, let's continue to grow deeper in our faith and stronger in our love for God and for those around us. Hey, today we're gonna do something a little different. Uh, We are gonna actually flip the mic, and so I'm gonna turn it over to Steve Horton, Steve is uh, one of my dear friends. He's on staff here at Rolling Hills. He's been here at Rolling Hills for 14 years, and we've served God together. I love this man. He's also a state championship football player, yes, (laughs) high school football state champion, and uh, married, has an incredible wife and kids, and uh, he's the guy behind the scenes who makes it all happen at MLN and Versus. And so I'm going to turn it over to him, and then we're going to kind of jump into this topic today.
0: All right, Jeff, that's enough about me. You're in the hot seat today. You're the one <laughs> answering questions. Um, we, I, I want to kick this off. I mean, this topic really excited me because— I've been with you, like you said, for, on staff the past 14 years, kind of watching you the past 15 years mm. uh, as my wife and I joined Rolling Hills about 15 years ago. And just the way that you model what we're going to be talking about today has impacted my life, uh, mm. just watching you and being able to learn from you. And so I'm super excited about the other guys on the, on the other end of these microphones being able to hear this as we talk about making memories that matter. Mm. And so kind of as we kick this off, as we do with most of our hosts, for, for folks who may not know you yet, tell us a little bit about your family, how long you've been married, uh, your girls, names and ages, that kind of stuff. Awesome. Well, yeah. Uh,
1: I've been married to Lisa for 20 years. She is amazing, and I'm so blessed and so thankful for her. And then we have a seventh grade daughter, and uh, Kate Simmons, and she is 12. We have a ninth grade daughter, Mabry, and then we also have a Went seventeen-year-old daughter. I can't believe it. <laughs> Grace Simmons, who is getting ready to go to college. So wow. we are in the throes of middle school, high school years. Uh, we have a great time. They're all involved at church. They're all involved in sports and school. And uh, so our life is busy and full, but it
0: is a blast. I love it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, talking about busy life, right? Uh, yep. So often life can just happen to us uh, by by no really fault of our own, or you know, it's not something that we really. Uh, just allow to happen, but it just happens, mm. um, and so we just sit back and we we hope our kids turn out right. Uh, we 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 try to pour into them in little bits and pieces, but we just kind of sometimes we delegate that or we outsource that to coaches, to teachers, to mm. Sunday school mm. uh, teachers or leaders or small group leaders. Uh, but you take a little different approach. You mm. and Lisa actually have a pretty detailed plan <laughs> that you've mapped out for each of your girls. Tell us a little bit about that because when I found out about it, it was it was mind-blowing for me, and, and I can't wait to hear more. Wow.
1: Well, uh, you know, we we really realize that parents are the primary disciples of our kids. And like you said, a lot of times we outsource those things, and, and we do that with school, we do that with sports, we do everything else. But as parents, we cannot let that go. We have to understand the impact that we have. And and, and I just think, you know, you get back to Deuteronomy. I mean, it talks about, you know, walk along the road, talk about these things uh, as you sit down at the tables, and, and, and this whole call for parents to be the ones to disciple our kids. And so there's really a couple of things that we've talked about as, as a family. When we had kids, we said, let's make a plan. I'm a planner. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love to plan. You know, we have strategic planning times around church, and I'm sure a bunch of you guys, you know, you do planning times at work. But, but what it, what plan do you have for your family? I mean, really, what plan do you have to help your kids grow and become and help your family be strong? And I just thought, that's my job. You know, that, that's not Lisa's. I mean, Lisa's awesome and amazing, and we got to work together on this. But I have to step in and be that primary disciple. And so there's a couple of things that we started to do. One, we pray over our kids every night. I pray personally over my kids every night, regardless of where I am. a call uh, a text or wherever they are and pray over them every night. Uh, two, I give them books to read. And uh, this is kind of funny, but uh, but I do have been strategic about like different ages in their life and give them a book uh, that's that would mean a lot to them later on. Now, they don't always appreciate it in the mm-hmm. moment, but <laughs> so I end up paying them. I do. I, I pay them 20 bucks or something to read this book because I know it's going to impact them later on. The third thing is just having a plan. And so we kind of mapped out when our kids were born about how we were going to disciple them, and, and we started with family dedication. Mm-hmm. That was something big for us. We have all all of our kids have been dedicated here at Rolling Hills. Uh, we then gave them a new Bible when they went to first grade, uh, and had a prayer time over them before first grade because mm-hmm. we knew that was a, a big marker for them. Uh, we signed them up for camps. We knew that every summer we just said, okay, between you know now to 18, we want them to be at a camp. So kids camp student camp. We want them to be discipled there. Uh, praise God, all my kids have accepted Christ, mm-hmm. which was awesome. Love I mean, that. That, that was my prayer and Lisa's. So uh, all of my kids accepted Christ between the ages of about seven to nine. A lot of times guys will ask, you know, oh, how do I know my kids are ready? It, it, they'll start talking about it, especially when you bring them to church. Sure. And when they ask those questions, I mean, engage with them. Uh, don't just put them off and go, well, wait till later on. Uh, but man, uh, helping them... We also have a baptism class at church, so a baptism information class. I took all my kids through that class, you know, and I know I'm the pastor. He's like, you know, I know the answers, but it was so helpful for them. You know, we had a little workbook. We worked through it together. We talked through it. I wanted them to know that they were ready, and when they were, man, I had the privilege uh, to baptize each one of my kids. Mm. And I got to tell you, as a dad, there's just no greater joy. I mean, uh, baptizing your kids or standing there, when they're being baptized, and uh, just letting them see your joy and letting them see what God's doing in their life. So that was—all I mean, three of those are probably the three best days of my life, you know, <laughs> and uh, I'm just so grateful and so thankful. Then at the age of 10, Lisa takes them on a trip. So we've scheduled that out. So Lisa takes them on a trip at 10, and she talks about uh, becoming a woman. So that's the, yeah. you know, sex talk, and and talked with them— about your body changing and all those things. If you have boys, guys, step into that, talk with them. Yeah, uh, you know, I heard the other day, the, the first person that they talk with about sex is who they believe is the expert. Oh. And so do you want that to be their friends at school? Or do you want that to be Google? Uh, or do you want that to be Netflix? Or do you want that to be you? You know, I want that to be you because later on they're going to have questions. I mean, and, and, and all of our kids do. I talk to my girls about it, you know. I'm like, hey, I just you know waited till they've gotten a little older, but I want them to know. I don't want them to hear out there, so they are going to hear it out there. But I want them to talk. So age 10, they go with Lisa. Age 12, I take them on a trip, and uh, it's there that that kind of 12 is is a is a defining time in so many kids' lives. And so I take them. It's just me and one of my daughters. We we usually go to Washington D.C. Uh, is because there's cheap airfare with Southwest. Uh, Also, the museums are all free. (laughs) uh, So it's fantastic. The zoo is free. We have the best time. Our kids love it. And so it's just me and them, right? And we used to go for like two days. We fly up and then we just get a, a cheap hotel and go into the city. And that is a special time. And then age 13, we have a party for them and invite all our adult friends. And so that, you know, I mean, you can think about, you know, bar mitzvahs and things in the Jewish culture, but, but there really is that becoming a teenager, you're becoming an adult in a lot of ways, boys and girls. And so we have a, a prayer. We invite all the, our, you know, our our friends, the kids, parents, friends to come over and write them a letter. And so we put together a book of letters for them, and then we pray over them. And that 13th birthday is really a defining time for them. So then between 13 uh, and 15, we really focus in on we want them to serve at church in some way. So all of my kids serve. I, I love it. My kids come at the 8 o'clock worship service, and then they serve at 9.30, or they go to middle school, and then uh, they serve at 11. So it, it's awesome. We want them to go on a local or national mission trip. We usually do that uh, in that middle school years, and then when they're 15, we want them to go on an international mission trip. I uh, And we took Grace on her first international mission trip, 2019, because then we've been shut down in 2021. But it was life-changing for her. I mean, life-changing, because you get to see the way the rest of the world lives. Mm -hmm. Then obviously, 16, driver's license, 18, we launched them into college. But we tried to have an intentional plan for growing our kids spiritually.
0: I love that. I love that. It's so great. And it's not just you and Lisa, but you're involving other people, right? Yeah. Uh, I love the 13th birthday thing. It's not something (laughs) we often think about. Uh, in our in our culture, but uh, just having that opportunity for you to be able to see as a, a 13 year old, all your parents' friends, all the people, you can truly see your support group. Like you're not alone. It, I I can know from from just hearing statistics that. Kids in that age, you mentioned it being a pivotal time of, of transformation and just them asking questions about themselves. Am I loved? Am I appreciated? Am I accepted? And just for you to be able to surround them with adults, letting them know how loved they are and mm-hmm. having it in writing uh, so they can refer to it later in life, that is so cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, which kind of leads me into, into my next question for you. Uh, raising a child, as, as you said, is the primary responsibility of a parent, but there's an old saying that it takes a village to raise a child. Yeah. Uh, in today's term, the village stands for your community, or in a lot of cases, hopefully, uh, your church. Uh, you and Lisa started Rolling Hills about the same time you started a family. So talk a little bit about the impact of a church. Go a little bit deeper in that uh, and how it's impacted the life of your girls. You mentioned serving, you mentioned mission trips, but talk about just growing up in a church. Maybe you could even start about uh, talking a little bit about how it's impacted you, but then primarily your your girls. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, church has, has been a Big deal. You know, I was a student pastor for uh, about 10 years before we planted the church. And so I saw the impact of kids that were in church or kids that were hit and miss. And what happens so often is, is as as parents, right, we, we, we get our kids in church when they're young because we know we want them to have a spiritual foundation. But then as they start to get older, they hit middle school and they hit high school, especially, we, life gets busy. I mean, and we're right there, man. We have done gymnastics, dance, soccer, volleyball, basketball. I mean, I, you know, we we're playing high school, volleyball, high school, basketball. We, we we're in every sport I think that we could do. Uh, we have you know, plays that happen. and we, We've done all of that, but, but we've tried to say we're going to be intentional about church, hmm. right? And I think what happens a lot of times is, is parents go, well, we're so busy and my kids have homework or they've got, you know, soccer, volleyball, and, and then they just drop out. And you're going, oh man! You're prioritizing school or some extracurricular activity over God, mm. and that's what you're modeling for your kid. Mm. And, and and we don't think about it that way, but that's what we're doing. And so we've just said no. We've said this is a priority for us. I remember I grew up, and, and my parents were like, we're going to church. And I mean, I played you know high school baseball, basketball, but I'm leaving practice. We're leaving sometimes early. We're driving to church, you know, and uh, on Wednesday nights, you know, or coming on Sunday mornings. And I remember in middle school one time, I, I told my dad, I was like, Dad, I'm too busy. I just don't want to go to church. My dad was like, well, do you want to live here? Because if, he, <laughs> he hey, if you want to live in this house, we go to church. Oh, so he goes, you can move. You know, and I'm like, well, I'm 13. Let's see <laughs> <You> know, my <laughs> options. I was like, no, I like church. You know, so you just set a priority. And by, by God's grace, my kids have loved it. Uh, we've been at the Learning Center, which was great here at Rolling Hills. You know, we started the Learning Center and, and then preschool children, students, and just saying to them, this is important. And to watch them now love church, that's cool. Mm. And to see them now serving and pouring back into other kids uh, is awesome. I mean, the way that they pour into uh, children's ministry or, or middle schools and they're in high school, I just love that. And I can't over the importance of that because what you find too is is it's the adults in their life, they're small group leaders who speak so much truth in their life. Right, I could say one thing as a parent, I could say one thing as a dad, and they're like, dad, you know, and I get the eye roll, yeah, you know, yeah. they're like, "Uh," But then these another adult who's their small group leader, who they think is cool, they'll say the exact same thing. And my kids are like, oh, that's so smart, that's so wise. I'm like, I said that, you know? <laughs> so you've gotta have some wise, godly people in their life speaking truth, and that happens at church. That happens at church, right? And, and so what do we value? putting them around people who are going to help them have godly values, putting them around people who are going to help them succeed in the right things and invest in things that matter. I can't
0: overstate uh, the importance of church and having your kids there. Well, I love that, and I'm glad you made that investment in your children because Grace, your oldest, (laughs) has made that investment in my oldest daughter, uh, who's a a middle schooler this year going into sixth grade, and I can't tell you the impact Grace has made on her and her walk uh, with Christ, uh, but also just her growing into the you know sixth grade can be can be tough for mm-hmm. a kid and and for grace to have lived it and then be able to turn around and have the wisdom to even at her age to turn around and pour into the next generation who's coming through i mean that's what it's all about mm-hmm. uh so i love that speaking of grace uh <laughs> she's at a pivotal moment in her life she's looking at colleges as you mentioned earlier when you were talking uh you've personally been there each step of the way making campus visits with her talking through options tell us a little bit about that process because number one you're going to it you're going through it for the first time, um, but what are you learning? What are you trying to pass on to her as you prepare her, uh, not only to to make this huge decision in her education, but also to be making decisions about potentially living far away from home for the first time, mm-hmm. and kind of taking that real big first step, that leap of um, just independence. Tell us about that.
1: Yeah, it, it's big. I mean, like uh, everybody tells you that step, you know, going off to college and and how much it costs, you know, but then also what decision to make. It, it's different. I don't know. When I was when I was growing up, it was like I, I kind of knew where I was going to go. You know, I made the grades I needed to make and I got in and yeah. I was like, boom, let's go. Uh, today, there is just so much recruitment that starts happening with your kids when they're like at freshman in high school. I mean, we're getting letters, we're getting all this stuff. And it, it, it is a whole different world now when it comes to college. But but I would say this, you, you don't prepare your kids for college when they're a senior. You prepare them when they're born. Mm. You are starting to lay a foundation uh, with them spiritually, and you're starting to lay a foundation of what really matters in life. And, and so don't wait till then. You start early. You know, I mean, set up a 529 plan. I mean, you know, have, start saving for college because that's important. But, but even more so, invest spiritually in them so they're making wise decisions. The great part is we we've really tried to involve grace in this process. It's not like, hey, this is where you're going to go to school or something, but but to lay out, hey, you know, this is how much it costs and these are the scholarships and let's go on visits. I, we've had a great time actually going on college visits, That's you so know. I, I uh, I've been trying to take her. We'll leave like on a Friday morning and get back like on a Saturday, you know, but we we will run and see a college, see a university and and let her be involved in that process and let her take ownership. And, and we, we we show her all the things. Okay, here's the majors that you get there. Here's how much it costs and how much debt do you want to go into? How much you know loans do you want to take? And how you, will you repay those back? So I think involving them in that process is important, but also saying to them, hey, where does God want you to go? Mm. You know, not, not just going, hey, I'm going to try to make the best decision uh, for me, but I want to be in the center of God's will. And to watch her do that has been awesome to me. To see her pray about that, to see her ask us to pray, to ask others to pray, uh, has been great. And then going back to the church, to have people at church who are adults and friends saying, hey, I'm praying for you, has been a real assurance, because it's it's stressful. I mean, I'll just tell you, it's a, it's a stressful time in their life. You know, kids are moving, they're always moving from uh, dependence to independence, and how we navigate that as parents is so important. Uh, but it's stressful for them, man. You have those times where you go to middle school you go to high school now go to college and now you're living somewhere else. But I want her to know God is with you. God is for you. You know, be strong and courageous, right? Joshua 1, 9. And do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go.
0: And, and I, I pray that she knows that and I do believe she knows that and that she's going to live that. Oh, absolutely. Um, that is so good. Um, switching gears a little bit now uh, to talk about work-life balance. So... Um, it's usually a staple conversation with men. This is something men struggle with, you know, uh, trying, to, trying to be what they need to be for their family, but also uh, keeping things going at, at the office, and how do I balance uh, that, that work life? Um, as a pastor of a rapidly growing church, I've witnessed uh, for the past 14 years, I mean, you're constantly being pulled in different directions, you're, you're busy, uh, we're, you're, you're an entrepreneur at heart, uh, and so you're starting things any way you can and reach people for Christ. You're, you're trying to um, start those things, How do you prioritize your time with Lisa and the girls uh, when you're with them? And how do you make sure they're fully engaged? You're fully engaged in each moment. Like, how do you make make sure each moment is really mattering? It's not just amount of time, but the quality of time that you're spending with them. Talk a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, that's a great, great question. Uh, And I think it's a struggle for every man. I mean, I'll just tell you, I mean, that's a a struggle for me. Uh, I loved work. I love my job. Yeah. I mean, I do. I, I feel like God is moving in such a mighty way. I love what God's doing at Rolling Hills. I love what God's doing through JMI. I, I love that we get to be a part of it. I love the people I work with. Mm. I mean, I just do. It, it is fun. I, I love it so much. And, and, but I also know, hey, that's a part of my life. That's not my whole life, right? And so you have to remember your priorities, right? And you come back to your priorities, and this is where we get mixed up. You know, we put many times our job over our family. And that's wrong. And mm. you guys just hear that. You know, I want you to be successful. I want you to succeed at your job. I want you to love your job. But but you've got to put God first, then your spouse, then your children, then your job. Mm. And, and when we get those priorities out of whack, that's when the work-life balance gets off. That's when we get, you know, and a lot of times we put work over, over God. We put work over our children or our family, or we'll bring it down. We'll put, well, oh, I'm going to spend time with God or i go going to church Those are great. But then I put work over my family and you you just can't. So you got to keep those priorities straight. I think that's so important. I think too, you have to prioritize that time, right? So we scheduled, Lisa and I get the calendar out and we schedule date nights. I love that. I mean, we just like, we get a literal calendar out and we're like, we're writing this down. We're going out, just us. We'll pay the fee for the babysitter. I know it costs a lot. I get it. It's worth it. It's worth it. And, And so- I want to have a healthy marriage. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to miss everything else if I if I don't have a healthy marriage. Because the fact is this, and and, and you got to remember this, somebody else can do your job. You know, somebody else can do my job. Somebody else can be pastor here at Rolling Hills, uh, but nobody else can be husband to my wife or dad to my kids. And if I let that fall, I've missed it. So we ha- we schedule date nights. We schedule family vacations. Um, we've been intentional about family vacations. We haven't done a lot of things right, but but we've done that well. Okay, you know, we, and we just take it. Spring break, summer breaks, fall break. We're like, we're going with us, and we're going to spend some time together. And, and they're not extravagant, but we we find cheap flights. We go to national parks. I love national parks. We we figure out, we save our hotel points. Like I get really like into that, so that we can go and just have a great time together. Our kids love to hike. You know, we, 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 we just do fun things that they remember and, and we try to put a stake in the ground to make that important to us. I believe, you know, I, I don't believe you ever really get perfect work-life balance. I don't think it's 50-50 ever. Yeah. I think things are seasonal, right? There's times when things get really busy. Like Easter is busy around here. I mean, there's not going to be like, it's, <laughs> it's just like, it is a busy season. Christmas, we just came off a really busy season. But then there's other times where you go, man, I, I could pick up a week there, I could pick up some nights there, I could pick up some time there. Uh, and so being intentional with that of riding that wave, but but I don't think I think if you just like if you just let it come to you, you're gonna miss it. You have to be proactive. You don't be reactive, you be proactive and prioritize, right? God first, your spouse, your children, then your job, and you will have that intentionality, you'll have that engagement. And then when you're there, engage, mm. you know? And I, I I think there's a lot of times we can go on those trips and and then we're still like on email and, and text messages the whole time. We're like, no, 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 no. I'd really need to pour into my kids right now. I really need to be engaged right now. So, yeah. and I also try to protect my nights. I haven't done that well lately, but uh, it, protecting those times at mm. home with your kids. I do a lot of homework with my kids and, um, you know, now we're getting into higher math where I'm like, eh, I got to Google that. You know, <laughs> right. I, I forgot how to divide fractions. Yeah. You know, yeah. so uh, but you know that that time is is it's invaluable. You yeah. know, and you just got to go. Okay, I'm going to carve that out, and then I can answer email from you know nine to eleven or once I go to bed. But I but I don't need to do that between you know six and nine. I mean, sure. I need to be present with them.
0: Well, I've, I've heard you say it before, but you spell love T I M E, yes. and so it, it's little bit of time. It's the big chunks of time, like vacation, and it all goes back to what you were mentioning earlier. Just have a plan. Yeah. You know, don't just let life happen to you. Have a plan. Yeah, it's going to take some effort to to schedule these things out. But uh, just like in your work life, um, you you put goals down on a piece of paper and you put a calendar down on a piece of paper and you try to strive to hit those things. Uh, and since you you have prioritized. God and your and your spouse and uh, your family above work you should be doing those things in those uh, in those realms as well so that's great um, now a little something you can't plan for mm. so here's the question <laughs> so no matter how we're wired or how great our relationship with our kids are there are going to be those moments when their words or actions frustrate us okay Jeff, what mm. do you do when you're frustrated with one of your girls how do you how do you press pause how do you collect yourself? How do you focus on making it not just a correction, but a teachable moment? So talk a little bit about that. What's yeah. your response? Woo, great question. And
1: it's hard for guys. We all have those times, man. We all have those times when we just get frustrated. I remember uh, being a young, uh, younger dad and my kids would cry sometimes at night. And I would just be like, you've got to be kidding me. I, I, it was hard. Yeah. It was hard. Uh, but I'll never forget uh, my college roommate, my best friends in the world, He called me one night, and he was like in tears, and he had young kids uh, at the time. And uh, he said, "Hey, would you pray for me? I I about lost it." And I said, "What's up?" He said, "My kid just wouldn't stop crying, and I ran over, and I just... He goes, and I was shaking, and I almost... I almost did something I would have regretted, Mm -hmm. and I stopped. And he goes, "But I'm so shaken up that I even thought that, you Mm -hmm. know, like I was gonna shake my child or something." and he goes, I didn't. And But I remember he t- him telling me that, him being vulnerable enough to tell me that, and him just saying that and just crying and saying, would you pray for me? It always stuck with me. Mm. And I, I think um, there are times when you get frustrated. There are times when you're going, "Ugh, what are you doing? You know, Because you can see the right things. Um, but I always just stop in those moments. I always try to pray in those moments mm. and just in, un, in, under my breath, in my mind. And you know, a leader is always the calmest one in the room, right? And, and, and we don't we don't discipline out of anger. We discipline out of love. And, and so there's times when you just go, you know what? I'm going to be calm here. I'm going to let this situation settle. Uh, girls are really emotional, by the way. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know that, but uh, <laughs> you know, guys, we could we could get angry at each other and get mad, and then we're fine. Oh you know? yeah, like, best oh, yeah. friends. Ten minutes best later, friends, yeah. yeah right. Let's go out and hang out. You know, <laughs> let's go watch the game. Uh, we just got in a fight, but we're, we're fine. Uh, but girls are going to hang on to it for like two weeks. And you're like, oh great. So, so what I've learned is just, hey, being patient, being kind, uh, not letting the emotion get to you. That is so important. And we've seen all. I mean, even man, even in sports, we just saw man, a, a coach hit another oh, yeah. coach. You yeah. know, like, and man, he's out for the year. And you're going, he let his emotions get to him. He yeah. let it rule him. He let anger take over. And, and you can't do that, dads. With your kids, with your wife, with anybody, you, you pray, you stop in that moment, you pray, and you be the calmest one in the room. You be the leader. You be the one to come with grace and with mercy. And you know, your kids are changing. Their body's changing. They're going to be frustrated with th- themselves A- and their self image. And so, as they move from dependence to independence, and you probably remember yourself those times that you had tension with your own parents, mm-hmm. right? Those tensions of, When's curfew? When am I coming in? And, and and your parents may not have handled it well, uh, but you can. And, and there's times you offer grace. There's times you set some boundaries, but you be the one to not let it get out of control. You be the one to pray, and you be the one to love and offer grace in those
0: times. I love that. A leader is the calmest one in the room. A leader leads out of love. I love those. I've jotted those down uh, as I just kind of think about my own place with my kids and my wife, uh, and just being able to bring those back to mind as I'm working with them. Now I want to reverse the question a little bit though. Uh, when you make a mistake as all of us dads do, uh, <laughs> uh-huh. from time to time, whether we like to admit it all the time or not, uh, what do you, what do you do not only to say that you're sorry, but to model humility and grace in that moment for them?
1: Yeah. And I've made it plenty of those. <laughs> I've made those times that I'm like, Oh, you know, whether it's, coaching their sports, and, and I'm, like, hard on them or the kids, you know, I, I, or just at home or something. And, and, and I've, I've gotten better. Uh, I think there's so many times in, in for guys, we don't want to be wrong. We don't want to be seen mm-hmm. as being wrong. We, we feel like that kind of hurts our image. We need to be the one in control. We need to be the one who's tough. And And, and at some point you get past that. Yeah. At some point you mature enough to go, you know what, I was wrong. And now I admit that, you know, if I say something wrong or do something to my kids, uh, I'll come back and go, hey, listen, I just want to apologize. You know, your daddy was wrong. I made a mistake. I shouldn't have said that. Uh, I should have been kinder. I need to apologize sometimes to Lisa, you know, and just go, you know what, I, I, I could have said that better. Uh, my tone was not right. Uh, sometimes you can say things that are okay, but you have the wrong tone It's not right, you know. Rude is not right, you know. And just to get your point across, so you've got to come back and own that. Mm. And and I think for me, it's coming back to say, hold on, hey, listen, I I did this. I wasn't right. Would you forgive me? Um, And then also, listen, here's here's where I'm frustrated, or here's where, and be able to articulate that. The thing kids need kids need boundaries, right? And they're always pushing that line because they want the boundaries. And so when they frustrate you. They're seeing how far they can push you, and, and so you've got to stand firm. Kids need a parent. You need to be a dad. You, you know, we, we don't need some, you know, uh, you know, dad who abdicates his responsibility there. You, you, we've got to be parents there, but you do it in love and you do it in grace, and you do set boundaries for them, but you tell them why. Why is this? Why am I you want you home at this time? Why do I want you not to hang out with these people? Why do I, you know, these things are important, and, and instead of getting mad or angry, apologize, set some boundaries. And then tell them the why.
0: Yeah, and I love that. And you know, as you were as you were mentioning that, I even thought back to my own parents. And you know, <laughs> uh, uh, growing up, I was around you. everybody's got that friend whose parent wants to be the friend more yes. than the parent, right? Yeah. And so, uh, while at the time I didn't truly appreciate my parents uh, disciplining disciplining me the the way that they did, now I'm looking back and I'm going, "Wow, I really, I really do appreciate that." Down the line, I, I appreciate the fact that they they went that route as opposed to giving me what I wanted and, and giving in and being more of a friend than a, than a parent to me. So, Hey, before we wrap up, I want to take a moment to talk about uh, your upcoming spring break. Now you mentioned earlier yeah. that you schedule vacations. Those are important. You've done the Disney thing and you've, you've done yeah. the beach thing and that's all great. But this year, your family's doing something a little different. Tell us about your spring break this year uh, and why it's going to be uh, different than, than in years past.
1: Yeah, I, I yeah, it, I'm excited about it. I got to tell you, yeah, you know, we have done Disney, we've done all those things, and they're fun. I mean, it's great. You're, you're making memories. I mean, one of my favorite memories is Grace on my shoulders watching the parade at Disney. You know, <laughs> she yes. was so happy. Yes. I'm crying. She's so happy. You know, uh, you know, you want to make those things. But I've been looking forward to this for a long time, and that is taking our family on a mission trip. Uh, we've we've gone individually. I've gone for a lot of years to Moldova, to the Amazon. I've gone really a lot of places around the world. And, and I just love missions, but my dream has always been before our Grace would graduate that we would take the entire family together. And so we're doing it. This spring break, we're heading to the Amazon. Uh We're going on a boat trip uh, with Justice and Mercy International. We go down the Amazon River. We sleep in hammocks on the boat. So that's so going to be cool. kind of crazy. So cool. <laughs> so there's actually 37 people from our church going, so Rolling Hills mission trip down the Amazon. So we'll go down, sleep on the boat, wake up in a village, and uh, we'll go and do ministry there, kids clubs, painting. We got dentists going with us, doctors going with us. We'll do church services at night, and and then we'll get back on the boat, get in our hammocks, and we'll sleep on the boat and wake up in another village. And I am pumped about it because there's some things that I'm praying God will do in the lives of my kids. One, I pray that they see Uh, how the rest of the world lives. Mm. Uh, American teenagers, we're spoiled. Americans as a whole, we're just spoiled. I mean, half the world lives on less than $3 a day. And I think our kids will become entitled if we just keep giving them all the stuff that they want and more and more of this, and then they start to live for that stuff uh, instead of appreciating what they've been given and the opportunities they have. And so I want them to see, when we took Grace to Moldova and she saw the way the orphans and the vulnerable children live. It impacted her. Mm -hmm. She came back and said, "You know what? I don't need this. I don't need that." It it wasn't about money anymore. I mean, she still likes things and stuff, but but her mind started to change. And I'm praying that for our family. Two, I'm praying that they just get this dependence on God because it is the Amazon. It's not Disney Jungle Cruise, right? You know, Mm -hmm. and we don't have the rock with us. I mean, we you know we are we're we're literally in the jungle. I mean, there's Cayman, there's piranha, there's anaconda. I mean, there is there, but I mean, we're safe in, in in those things, but I want them to have dependence on God. When they go to college, I'm not there with them. Yeah. When they go to these places, I want them to know if God's called me to go, God's going to provide, God's going to take with me. And mm. so, putting them in places where they're a little uncomfortable, sure. And uh, and then three, I want them to be able to share their faith. Mm. I want them to be able to really articulate what God's done in their heart and their life, and to be able to share their faith because when they go to college, they're just going to get some pushback. You know, I want them to know what they believe and are ready to stand for that. So. I'm pumped about it. I I just can't wait to see what's going to happen. And I do encourage everybody make make that a priority. Put that on your family plan, you know, and just say, "Hey, at some point we want to we take our you know our family skiing, or we take our family to the lake, or we take our family whatever. Take your family on a mission trip. Yeah, and watch what God will do.
0: Yeah, and I think an important piece of that, and I'd love you to speak into this a little bit too, but. I've gone. I've gone to the Amazon. I think eight times now. It's an amazing <laughs> trip. I've been on the hammock boat. It's awesome. And I come home and I try to share pictures or I share stories about people that we visited. But talk a little bit about you've you've been to Moldova with Grace. Talk a little bit about when they serve shoulder to shoulder with oh. you and they see you serving. Um, I think that's a little little different than even just telling them or even showing them and trying to help them be appreciative of what they have. But it's that I'm watching my parent. I'm watching my parent be the hands and feet of Christ. Um, They're modeling that for me. Talk a little bit about that and how that's going to be like a a key piece, because I can't wait uh, until Ellie Kate's old enough to go on one of these trips with me. And I I just want to try to hear a little bit of what you're thinking about that uh, as you head into your spring break.
1: Yeah, I mean, it really is pretty (laughs) incredible uh, because you gain a new appreciation for your child they gain a new appreciation for you. Oh, I love it. They see you living out your faith. It's not just something you talk about. It's something you're doing. Mm. They watch you serve, but you get to watch them too. And and what you realize is, man, God has uniquely gifted them and wired them, and they can do ministry in a way that I can't. And and so it is just a beautiful picture of God binding your hearts together. You know, I I mean, what I love so much about our our church is serving with our staff because everybody's got these unique gifts, and they can just— Use that, and there's this bond. It's like sports, right? We grew mm-hmm. up playing sports, and we loved being a part of that team. You know, everybody wasn't the quarterback, but man, we needed the running back. We needed the defensive end. Everybody yeah. had a job. Everybody had a role, and in it, there was a bond with that team, yep. right? Well, when you have that bond with your child, I mean, you have the love and the grace. But when you serve together, and even locally, locally serving or nationally or internet at church, there is something deeper that happens. You're like man, we see the love of Christ flow through you and and you just gain a new love for your your child and they gain a new love and appreciation for you. It's pretty awesome.
0: Man, I can't wait. I can't wait. That's going to be so great. Um, All right, Jeff, we've got a hundred of these episodes under our belt now. (laughs) So you knew this question was coming. You've asked it a lot of times. What do you want your legacy to be?
1: Yeah, I think it's this. I I, I pray my legacy would be that I fulfilled God's purpose for me in my day and my generation. Mm You know, I, I just I just want that to be it. I, I want it to be. I love my I love God. I love my family. His church made a difference for Christ and the lives of others. Um, I don't want life to be about me, but I want it to be about God and I want it to be about others. I just want to fulfill whatever God has for me. I mean, I, whatever it is. I mean, I you know, he's call me a pastor. I to call me, do these different things. But I mean, if if it was you know, hey, being a custodian. If it was working at a restaurant. If it was working in a company, if it was doing software or whatever, I don't just fulfill my purpose that God has for me. Love God, keep my priorities straight, love my wife, love my kids, uh, and lead others to Jesus. You Mm. know, I I, I, I think it's so sad when people invest their lives in things that don't matter, Mm. and they wake up toward the end of their life, and they start to realize, you know, when we go to the Amazon, the guy, John Pack, who helped start that ministry, Uh, he was 55, you know, he was successful. He had bought a villa in Spain. He was leaving, living in England. He, he loved to play golf. And he said, Hey, I'll spend half the year in Spain, playing golf and half the year in London. And then he went to the Amazon Mm. and when he was down there, he just got a heart. He said, Hey, sell the villa in Spain. Let's invest here. And he built this million dollar community center, built, you know, 10 schools, uh, there. And I remember talking to him and he said, I just wish I would have gotten it sooner. I just wish I would have got—he's like, I was an older man when I got this. If I would have got this when I was younger and invested my life in what mattered, it would have changed everything. So whatever age you are, I just pray that you would invest in things that matter, that you would fulfill God's purpose in your day and in your generation.
0: Man, I love that. And if you're out there Mm. listening to this and you're thinking, man, that's me— and you're harboring some regret, maybe, for not not taking a step. Don't you know? Don't let that bog you down. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, there's a saying: the the best time to plant a tree was twenty years ago. The second best time to plant a tree is today. Yeah. So make today the day that you uh, you plant that seed and and just kind of change your trajectory of your future and your kids' future. So, I love that. All right, Jeff, um, that, that wraps up our episode for the day. I know we have some closing remarks in prayer, uh, if you if you would be so kind as to help our, pray us out today.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would love to pray us out. Father God, you are so good, God. Thank you for every man who's listening right now, God. And I pray a blessing on them. I pray a blessing on their family. I pray, Father, they would fulfill, fulfill the plan that you have for their life and their day and generation, God. I pray that, Father, we would be godly husbands, that we would be godly fathers, Uh, God, help us be intentional about the things that matter. Um, God, not just caught up in strategic plans at work, you know, and and plan out uh, things in our life, whether it's life insurance or retirement, but, God, that we would plan to invest in our kids, invest in our families, and invest and to plant that tree. And, Father, wherever we are in life, God, let us do it today. Let's not just continue to kick it down the road, Father, but really stop wherever we are and go, I want to invest in the things that matter in my life for the glory of God. So we love you, Father. Thank you for the opportunity you've given us, and let us live it out, Father, for your glory. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Well, guys, thanks so much for joining in. This was fun. Flip the mic. Steve, great job today.
0: Way to it's, go. It's been awesome. Uh, it's uh, it's a little daunting. Usually I'm standing off to the side or, or you know, editing thing these on the back end. So to be behind the mic for a change is is a little bit daunting, but I had fun. I hope, uh, hope the listeners did too. I hope you did. Hey, I did too. I did too. Hey, guys, join us next month for the next podcast. Also, be watching for
1: the It comes out every Friday. So we're going to give you some helpful t- hints and kind of on things that you can do to continue this intentional plan of making memories that are going to last for the glory of God. And then also, I just want to encourage you. We got verses coming up. That's Steve, right. Verses is happening.
0: Yeah, that's right. May fifth. It's we're going to be at the Williamson County Ag Expo Center. It's a big venue jump uh, from from a capacity standpoint, so we're hoping you can share this with your friends, uh, invite your coworkers, invite your buddies, uh, invite the folks that you go to church with. Uh, we want to pack this place out. Uh, we got Tim Tebow coming; he's our keynote speaker. Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow coming. It's awesome. Um, we've we've got a great lineup this year. It's it's just going to be great. Tickets start at twenty bucks, so it's easy. It's an easy invite. We got food trucks. Uh, we just got a lot of stuff going on for men, and we're going to be investing in you that night. To be the leader, you need to be in your home, in your workplace, and in your community. So
1: join us May 5th and join us on Friday
0: in the next month for the next podcast. Hey, appreciate you guys. Have a great day. God bless. Thanks again for tuning in to today's podcast. We pray what you learned today will help you as you strive to become a better leader in your own home, workplace, and community. Once again, if you found this content helpful, we hope you'll subscribe, comment, and share this podcast with others. And be sure to join our email list to ensure you never miss an episode as they come out the first Friday of every month. You can do that now and find all of our past episodes at mensleadershipnetwork.com. And don't forget to grab your tickets to the Versus Men's Conference featuring Tim Tebow happening on May 5th in Franklin, Tennessee. You can get your tickets at versusconference.com.